I'm Emma, and welcome to the History Channel. Today's podcast will address how redlining is still affecting black communities in Milwaukee to this day. Milwaukee is the third most segregated city in the United States. First, we will look into how redlining's effects create a continuous cycle of poverty. Second, we will examine what redlining's lasting effects are. And lastly, we will offer some solutions to preventing redlining's effects. Redlining's effects create a continuous cycle of poverty. Redlining's effects in inner city Milwaukee is furthering segregation and discrimination because it is isolating the black community from the rest of the people. This is a continuous cycle. According to Moving from the Hood by David Dreyer and David Moberg, poor people are hurt by their concentration in large inner city neighborhoods that further social isolation and racial segregation. In this view, it would be better to disperse poor people and minorities, putting them in closer proximity to jobs, decent suburban schools, and safe communities. This idea of helping individuals rather than funneling aid to localities came to be known as helping people, not places. This point explains how when inner cities were redlined to restrict the black community from access to white areas, it is creating poverty that continues over generations and generations. Even though redlining isn't legal anymore, its effects still remain. When discrimination slash redlining became illegal, the effects still stood, creating years and years of discrimination. According to How Redlining Continues to Shape Racial Segregation in Milwaukee by Leah Fultman and Malia Jones from Wisconsin, the effects of racist practices did not disappear as a result of laws prohibiting discrimination. Redlining reduced opportunities for generational wealth accumulation among minority populations, creating decades of momentum and discrimination. Even if racism completely stopped in policy and interpersonal terms, continued disparities in outcomes will persist because of the deep imprint of this historical policy. This point emphasizes how while we can create as many laws as we want that are supposed to prevent discrimination and segregation, it will never be enough. We must find solutions to help stop this. We need action, not theory. Additionally, even though redlining is now illegal, our communities are still redlined. According to How Redlining Continues to Shape Racial Segregation in Milwaukee by Leah Fultman and Malia Jones from Wisconsin, 80 years after Milwaukee's neighborhoods were coded, their racial demographics still bear striking similarities to the historic redlining map. This point demonstrates how action is needed to remove redlining from not only Milwaukee, but the United States as a whole. If we restructured neighborhoods and communities, we could help change the structure of cities, reducing redlining. It is not fair to black communities to live with the discriminating, lasting effects of redlining. Lastly, health decreases when communities are redlined. According to How Redlining Still Impacts Milwaukee Neighborhoods by Tom Wiljak, the impact of redlining remains today as many neighborhoods suffer not only from reduced wealth and greater poverty, but from the lower life expectancy and higher incidence of chronic diseases. This point highlights the importance of needing to integrate all races. Redlined black communities don't have access to the same resources that white suburban neighborhoods do. If they were integrated together, these black families wouldn't have to worry about life expectancy and diseases that they might face without the proper care that they deserve. This is an issue that needs to be stopped to prevent it from spilling any further into the future. 
There are solutions that may address this problem, such as uplifting the black community with financial help to eventually break the continuous cycle of disadvantaged communities, creating a system in which people in neighboring communities could help donate to rejuvenate these formerly redlined neighborhoods would be a great way to ensure equality and equity. According to Redlining Solution Requires a Unified Approach by Roger S. Albert Jr., lenders should provide a flow of mortgage funds to buyers of houses in the neighborhood and to present homeowners who seek to rejuvenate their houses. All lenders must work together. No single lender is willing or can afford to be the only lender in a neighborhood. The commitment to provide funds may be made in a variety of methods to assure the participation of all lenders in the area. This solution would be effective because according to Habitat for Humanity, public investment in rental affordability is critical to address the disproportionately high cost burdens and housing instability experienced by black households. Housing choice vouchers are one of the most efficient tools for increasing affordability for very low income renters, but currently there are only enough to assist one of every four eligible households. The federal government can quickly alleviate housing cost burdens for hundreds of thousands of black renters by expanding voucher availability. If we donate to these impoverished, segregated, and discriminated communities, we can help them move out of these redline areas and rejuvenate their neighborhoods. If we can make redline communities nicer, more people will want to move there, and it won't be a generationally inherited poverty community anymore. It is necessary that the effects of redlining are removed because not only are they affecting the equality and opportunities of the black community, but also are creating a continuous cycle of poverty. If the effects of redlining continue to go unchecked, we may be facing increased amounts of poverty slash generational poverty, health declines, and lack of opportunity. Today, we discussed the negative impacts that redlining have had on the black community. In addition, we went through a few solutions to help prevent the impacts from spilling into any other generations. Thank you for tuning in. Next week on the History Channel, we will be discussing injustice in the workforce.